But it's like the emergency alert system, but for <laughs> when a mob boss dies. Okay. That, you, you know? everybody's, everybody's phone goes off with an Amber alert. <laughs> yeah, just... How's it going, everybody? Tony here from Kapowcast, bringing you yet another week and another recap of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And of course, as for the past two times, joining me is Christy. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are discussing episode three, which is entitled The Power Broker. Um, Initial thoughts compared to the last two it was it was much more of a filler kind of episode giving us a lot of kind of plot layout to like move it through so uh obviously being a child i i would say out of the three episodes we've seen so far this is probably the least favorite of mine uh not saying that that's bad it's just you know i'm i i i'm pretty sure i have adhd so the attention with, span is lacking there yes yeah. yes yes i get yeah. very bored very easily and i'm like move along but uh, it did, you know, obviously keep my attention well enough, I will say. Yeah. What I don't your... know. I'm quite the opposite. I love getting into the story of things. So to get these little twists here and there and to, to see where we're going with things, I was pretty excited. And there were a few things that I would be like, just as soon as they were losing my attention, they'd pull me back in. And I'd be like, what? Yeah. So I I liked it. I okay, liked it. there was a there was a couple things that you uh, kind of had a hunch about that we find out was true. I was right. <laughs> you were you were right. Yeah, I, were, I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, "Oh, pst, uh, uh, Christy called it. <laughs> Christy <laughs> called that crap." Uh, there was a couple things that happened that, like, I kind of got a little better um, feeling for our our uh, and I guess you'd say. In, I guess are they in the? I don't know if they are the antagonists or not, but um, the flag smashers. Uh, I I I think I was like right, but by the end I'll be wrong. Like where I'm like, okay, I think these guys are doing good, but now they're trying. The, there's a transition happening here in this episode that it's just like, oh no, I could be wrong. Like I, I think over here I was right, but by the end I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely wrong here. I think there's some ulterior motives in there or they're yeah. grasping like their main goal is good, but right. they're justifying the bad shit they're doing with mm-hmm. the main goal. That's good. Yeah. And it doesn't balance out in the scheme of things. Yep. There's a, there's a line that they will cross that they have already partially kind of tiptoed um, where it'll make it. They're doing bad. Yeah. All right. So the roll into the top five, number one, we are calling Bucky and Zemo Picnic Embrace. And obviously, this is the portion of the show where we see our two heroes, Sam and Bucky, meeting up with Zemo in the, um, uh, was it uh, Berlin? I think he's in Berlin, right? I think so. I'm, I'm like 90% positive, but I'm terrible so at that He's somewhere in Germany. He's in a German yeah. prison. We know that much. And uh, Bucky and Bucky and Sam, they're walking through and... Sam tells, uh, not Sam, but Bucky tells Sam to hold back and, you know, you're an Avenger. He doesn't like your kind around here. Um, 
and Bucky heads in to see Zemo. Now, initially, like, I just thought the worst. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to rattle off those seven words and we're going to see some terrible stuff happen. And then, like, I, I turned to Janelle. I was like, did they did they fix that in Wakanda? I don't remember if they fixed that in Wakanda or not. Like, is he going to go in there and he's going to say those words and he's going to get mind erased again? And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure they fixed it. I was like, I really hope so, because I don't know if I can deal with this. <laughs> I know, yeah. Is the therapy working? Did yeah. Wakanda work some magic? Or are we going to be just witnessing I, the slaughter of an entire prison group? We'll see. <laughs> he walks into the room, and as soon as he does, like Zemo starts saying the words. And I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, my God. But Bucky comes out, and he's like, no, that's not 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 today. Not yeah, today. That those those that don't work anymore. Fully unimpressed. He just uh -huh. not today. And I Satan. was, I was kind of like, uh, I was taken back when Zemo apologized for doing what he did to to Bucky. You know, he just he says something about you know you were the means to a uh, necessary end, and I was like, oh, what? Like, I'm kind of flabbergasted that it sounds like you actually mean this apology. I know. Although he's a smart guy. And ultimately, I mean, we see later in that scene, ultimately, he truly understands that mass production of super soldiers is not a good idea, especially ones that are basically like a police canine unit yeah. that answer to command words. Like, it's not a good <laughs> idea. So I think now he's like, yeah, I, th I was thinking about it and I'm real sorry for messing you up, bud. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Uh-huh. Uh, it's uh, I always say that a good villain is one that makes you question your moral standpoint as a human being, and that's why like I think Zemo is like a really 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 good villain, and especially in like the MCU version of Zemo, um, really makes it like question your morals because like he like I told, I said the last time he talks and people listen, like you have no grasp on the factor of like wait wait why am I like feeling like I'm agreeing with this person when I should not be agreeing with this person. And it's, it's, it's those villains that I'm just like, yes, they, this, this, this guy is a great villain. And, you know, I'm really glad that Zemo's come back for this series. Uh, especially since I, I feel like I really, uh, personally did not give him the time of day in civil war. So to see him back in action and get a little bit more is it's, it's good. I'm really happy to see him uh, make an appearance again. And he did not disappoint. He delivered, I don't know, like five, 10 monologues in this, in this episode. I mean, as, as you fully predicted, he would, uh, they yep. really use his acting chops to their advantage here to deliver said story heavy episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was probably what helped me pay attention was like, they had him like dwindle out the plot and the plans and everything. And I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like like he just said the the seven words and I was the winter soldier. Big, yeah, he that's <laughs> they've got you trained now. You've yeah. watched it so much that it's those words trigger you into yeah. just being super obedient. There we I'm go. Just gonna, I'm gonna wake up to nightmares of me killing uh people's kids on business trips. You know, just collateral <laughs> damage. But yeah, so uh Bucky and, 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 and Zemo, they're talking and, you know, Zemo pretty much calls out why Bucky's there like to a T 
as to like when he hears, oh, there's Winter Soldiers and we need you, you know, what do you know about this, et cetera, et cetera. And he just like calls it exactly on the T. Like you think Hydra's behind this and you don't know where to start. And that's why you're here. And that makes you desperate. And like Bucky's standing there cold stared like, but you can see, yeah, yeah, that's exactly why I'm here. Um, and then we cut to Bucky and Sam looking like they're kind of like breaking into this establishment of some type that there's flashlights and they're arguing back and forth doing there's little slapstick stuff. And, um, they do the next part where they show, uh, the prison break scene, probably in one of the best ways that I think possible, because like anybody can shoot a prison break scene and to tell a story, but to tell a story in well, I guess this wasn't even like past tense. It was like a hypothetical. Um, he because like, all right, we, we, here's the plan. And they yeah. filmed it out as they went through it, but it was actually <laughs> happening in real time. Yeah. So they saved quite a few minutes of the episode doing that. And also uh-huh. it was a great like surprise device that they used. Cause then Sam was like, no dude, I'm out. This is why? No, no, I can't be in the same room as him. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, the, the dynamic furthers a little bit more with Sam and Bucky where Bucky's, you know, the Leroy Jenkins, like I said the last time, the Leroy Jenkins of the group, and just kind of wings this escape plan out of nowhere, it seems, and it it goes off flawlessly. Like, I don't know who came up with the plan. I'm willing to accept that Zemo came up with the plan, and Bucky was just the pawn, like, okay, you have to give this to the bald guy playing chess with the other guy, and that'll be enough. I'll take care of the rest of it, and... I think it was a little bit of both. I think Bucky, knowing full well the politics within a prison group, he brought in the little fortune cookie slip and was like, <laughs> all right, Zemo is going to poke holes in my plan so he can figure out the rest of it. But I know for a fact there's at least two gangs in this prison group and I'm going to make them fight like right. that. So I think it was a little bit of both. But yeah, Zemo, I'm sure, was like, this is not going to work. We're going to fix this and this. But yeah, let's do it. They, they play out through this, like this, I, I'm calling it a montage because I don't know what else to call it. Uh, and then Zemo comes walking in through the door of this establishment that Bucky and Sam are crawling around in. And Sam just kind of like, is like, oh, no, 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 I can't. No, this is no, you're going back to jail. And Bucky's like, no, like we need him. He's, you know, he's the necessary evil. And uh, there's some there's some banter between the three of them. That was really good. And I don't know, like, who do I give props to? Do I give props to the writers of the show or do I give props to the three actors that are on set together and have this weird chemistry and they've never really worked, worked together? I think a little bit of both. The writers, I mean, you have to have a strong writing staff to be able to write it out, but then the actors have to be able to deliver it well enough. And I think they've got some really good actors Mm-hmm. on their hands here so a little bit of both but i i like the writing overall and and the episode so far so yeah I, it almost both. feels both like good. they they have one of the writers from the lethal weapon movies like just at least sitting by going hey like would would they do this and how would this play out for them and all this other stuff some they kind of buddy have, cop something there's yeah. somebody they like have actually Brooklyn like Nine crazy Nine or lethal weapon something. <laughs> oh yeah. Brooklyn nine, uh, nine, nine would uh, be a good one too. Um, so w- they, we find out what they're breaking into is almost like a, I don't know, like a car museum or storage lot. And 
we find out that all these cars are Zemos over the years that his family has collected in one way or another. We also find out a lot more about like Zemo, MCU Zemo, that he actually worked for Hydra hunting down people that were trying to recreate the super soldier serum, which is like crazy in my mind that like Hydra was hunting people down that were trying to recreate it. Um, I figured they want people to be like with them that would, that would create it. But I guess I don't, I mean, I don't know what the case bias would be. You got to pare down the competition. They don't want anybody else getting their hands on it. Right. And so Zemo has been in this business of uh, killing wannabe super soldiers for a, apparently a really long time, even further back than civil war. Um, so that was that was pretty crazy to kind of get a glimpse into the past of what he did because up until now, with what we knew in Civil War and all this other stuff, is he was just kind of like a um, Sokovia like soldier, and his his family was a uh, uh, his family's death was a byproduct of the Avengers, and that's what he was doing. Um, and we find out, thank God, that he it's a little bit more than just he was some random soldier because that was kind of the one thing that I was kind of like that's a little bit light like when we seen that in Civil War I was like that's a little light like that it feels like shoehorned in yeah um <clears throat> so we have our introduction we see that we we get a little peeky deek at his uh Zemo mask his classic Zemo mask which I I I think I like I have to see it a little bit more to really kind of like draw a conclusion if I like the design or not. Yeah, I think it was too brief of a glimpse in this one. I got to right. sit with it for a minute. It, the thing is, is like, uh, what's his face? He has those almost like, <laughs> this is a, sound like an insult to, get to the guy, but it's not. He has these like soul piercing eyes that look really good through that hole of the holes of the mask. So I, I don't blame them for keeping his eyes visible where like the Zemo eyes of the comic book are just kind of like white portioned off. And you know, it's, it's whatever, um, to yeah. have his eyes exposed actually kind of like brings this odd creepiness to that mask. And that little scene brings us to our number two moment of the episode, which we are calling Zemo flights international, where we see our, uh, three colleagues our three, uh, weird best friends, on Three best friends. <laughs> it's going to be like a step-by-step montage now. Um, Three's on, company with <laughs> on an air f- They're on an airfield and they're uh, heading to what looks like a private jet, which we find out it's actually, it's Zemo's. And enter how he actually, uh, how the Baron of the Zemo is incorporated into the MCU. He was actually... Uh, his family was royalty before the Avengers blew up Sokovia. And so he is an actual baron, which I don't know the, like, what is that in the, in a royal family? Because that's above me. Like, I'm not you sure. Don't know? All I know okay. is he's rich and, uh, that's, that's it. Rich enough to have a really nice private jet and, uh, and uh, a uh, fleet of cars. Yeah. And, and a sweet little and, butler. Yeah. He's the Who, kind, the cutest little man. <laughs> I'm going to take you home, little cute man. Um, <laughs> and they load up into the jet, and uh, uh, this is where I'm telling you, this guy he he basically lays out the plan. Um, he also 
messes with Bucky some more. I don't know why he feels the need to just poke a bear with this, but somehow he gets his hand on the little notebook and we see a little instantaneous like snapping of, of Bucky. Like, you know, don't touch my, my diary or I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. And uh, yeah, I think he's curious to see if with the winter soldier is really gone, like Bucky says. So oh, he yeah. takes every instance that he possibly can to test the waters he, and see he, how quickly can I make him snap? Where's, where's my boy at? Bring him back. <laughs> he seems very obsessed with that. Like, okay, is the winter soldier gone? Because, like, I don't think he's gone. I think he's still in there. Because he always says these little snarky uh, things when, uh, I would say, reminisce of the Winter Soldier come to the surface. Um, But he kind of toys with our heroes a little bit in this scene. Uh, That with Bucky, and then he turns on Sam and kind of, I guess, diminishes the aspect of what Captain America is and how that as a hero is flawed. And this was another instance he's talking and like, dude, I have nothing whatsoever against Steve Rogers. I love Captain America, but this guy talks and he's saying all this stuff. And I go, yeah, that makes complete sense. That just, that does it. I can, (laughs) and I'm like, no, he's talking bad about Captain America. (laughs) I know, but if you think back on the series, like the MCU overall, this is criticism that's come from the American government that has come, I mean, the Sokovia Accords themselves is like, okay, well, like, you're heroes, yes, but we all just stand in unison. And, like, there's been discussion before of we can't put them on too high of a pedestal or they're gonna, like, live above their means as far as what they can do and what's right for them to do. Right. So... I mean, he's not wrong. You can't put someone on so high of a pedestal they become no longer human and they can't be held to the same rules as everybody else. Right, yeah. Even if hold- they're not human. Like, it's still a whole thing. So, right. I mean, he's not he's not wrong. Because it, it, there's a point where, like, they surpass the hero status and they start to become a god. You know, uh, 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 setting them on a... Um, setting them on, put them up on a pedestal. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, I, yeah, there's a lot of truth behind what he's saying. Um, and then he closes it off with, you know, that's why I killed all the, all the other super soldiers. <laughs> and it kind of snaps your brain back like, oh, yeah, like you you literally killed like eight guys while they slept. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. there's the border. There's the borderline there. But we 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 see them basically uh, creating their plan as to what's about to go down um and which leads us kind of into uh number three which is we're calling uh find me in the club and we see or a club going up on a tuesday that <laughs> is my alternate naming <laughs> um which we see them um show up in a uh i guess ex-pirate town like it used to be like a pirate town in like the 1800s or something like that, but it's kind of like it's grown, yeah. but it's kept the pirate ways, which is was a very interesting aspect. And I this name has not it it, it hasn't rung a bell comic wise. I can't really place it in my memory. Um, but uh, what you said it you said it earlier. Magrapore. Magrapore. Uh, Magrapore. It, actually, Magrapore. It, 
Madripoor. I don't know. Med Mad, Madripoor. Mad, Madripoor. I don't. Madripoor. I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's pirate. It's Indonesian. Zone. It's yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, pirates. But they show up here, which uh, they they have like an arm escort to the. They're going to Lowtown. Apparently, there's a Lowtown and a Hightown. Once again, we get into this terrible naming. Um, but they're going to Lowtown, getting down low, and they they have arm escort to Lowtown, which out of nowhere, like I don't even, I don't know if that's like Zemo's mo. Or what? What's going on? That's got to be Zemo. He's like, listen, I. Well, he already said when they were on the bridge thing, they were. He was like, I don't have friends here. Nobody yeah. likes me here. So probably he was like, listen, I got to bring my guys. I don't really like understand like what the armed escort was for, but whatever. Armed escort pulls out of nowhere, surrounds their car, takes them to the the club zone, which looks like a uh, the strip in Canada that all nineteen year olds go to from Detroit. All, uh, mixed up with in a, Windsor here. <laughs> yeah, mixed with a little bit of like Cyberpunk 2077. Um, nice look. I'm not dogging. I'm not. That's not even bad. Bad stuff to talk about. Like I, I, I like the overall look of the area. It really kind of like, you know, pinned on that message of, you know, pirate town. Uh, and they end up going to this club, which uh, apparently everybody in this area is illiterate they just talk in pictures uh so it's, it's you have like a gorilla picture but you said it was what was it called gorilla it's called the brass monkey the brass, brass monkey, monkey. So, okay yeah um so so Our they go into Boys this stands out there yeah <laughs> um so they end up going to this club to meet up with uh, i guess some sort of like mob oriented boss uh named um what Sel- Selby. Selby? I think Sel- it's Selby. 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 I don't know the close. I'm really cap- bad with names. We're trying. <laughs> the the closed captioning on on Disney Plus spells it S E L B Y. So okay, take that with what Selby, what yeah yeah take that how you want it. Um, but they're all apparently in. Well, no, I'm sorry, they're not all in disguise. Like Zemo's supposed to be Zemo. Um, Bucky is playing the role of somebody who what would Zemo say that was so elegant someone you thought was dead which he's referring to like he's gonna have to be the winter soldier again and then freaking Sam Sam's like I don't need like I don't even know who he's like supposed to be if he's some sort of like uh influencer from Instagram or something but he's in he's supposed to be imitating this guy and yeah the smiling tiger is that what it was? Yeah, Smiling Tiger. Jesus yeah, so Christ. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the, the demeanor in which Sam is like taking this, I'm, I am I pinned it right away. I said, Sam is going to screw this all to hell. Like, Sam is going <laughs> to, he's going to be the guy that sends this plan crashing down. So they walk into this uh, bar and... The first order of business is to get drinks. Obviously, if you've ever been to a bar, you walk in, you order the drinks. And um, the bartender apparently recognizes him as the smiling tiger and asks if he wants his normal. And of course, like Zemo has stressed a couple times to this point, you know, we need to stay in character. Like we can't let this break. Like you have to stay in character or we're dead. Um, And he's like, yeah. So then this bartender pulls out uh, like a ball python, I think it is, and cuts something out of it. I don't know. You know, I'm not 
a smart guy. So he cuts some sort of like organ out of it, puts it in a shot of what looks like bourbon of some type and hands it to Sam (laughs) and he drinks it. And I'm like, okay, good on you. Like you weren't totally smooth about it, but at least you did the shot like a, you know, a man. Um, and, uh, so then we go in, we start, there's a little bit of roughage with, I don't know if these are other pirates or cause they didn't really have introductions, but one guy walks up to Zemo and was like, Hey, we got a word on high that you're not allowed here. And this guy apparently has connections with the power broker who apparently is like a big, big deal in this town. So, uh, this guy walks away and then another guy decides he's going to come up and try to strong arm Zemo. And, uh, he, Oh, this part was good. He says in Russian, uh, winter soldier attack. And then like with almost zero hesitation, Bucky flips the switch. And all of a sudden we see this look on his face that we haven't seen for a few years now. And you see the winter soldier come alive on Bucky again. And he just wrecks this, these guys in this bar and good, just good God goes right back into it. It's so good. It's so good. (sighs) All right. Truth be told, I watched a a, um, a a movie, a horror movie with Sebastian Stan a couple weeks ago from like 2011, and it was terrible. This man's acting has gone leaps and bounds from that movie because that this this transition where like he's Bucky Barnes one second and then the next second he's he's the Winter Soldier all over again. Which, by the way, hearing that uh, that. That instrumental piece that was his music in uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and hearing those screams again sent goosebumps like all over my body. I was like, oh man, like they dialed this in. Like they, this, this means something. This whole scenario means like way more than what we are seeing currently at this time. If you have a new score for this, for this, uh, this character, um, so that happens, which was, that was, that was insanity. I think I, I rewound that a couple of times each time I've watched it. Um, so essentially the whole winter soldier scenario in the bar is apparently enough to convince these people. And all of a sudden they have a meeting with, uh, uh, Selby or whatever her name is. Selby. Yeah. So they end up going, uh, in the back. And they meet up with the said person and they are trying to negotiate to find the doctor who has recreated this uh, super soldier serum, which apparently she, she knew, right? Like I she think it's knew more, just more information on the power broker. I don't remember if she has information on the doctor himself or if that's found out in a minute. She has his location. I know that she had his location because she flaunted the factor of you're not going to find him without me. So, you know, you can't kill me. True. That is true. So, yeah. So Uh, they offer to trade the Winter Soldier for more info on the power broker and the doctor. Yeah. Which uh, Bucky just stood there like a good like a good actor. I was going to (laughs) say like. 
he he has lost yeah he hasn't lost the spy uh portion of him at all um while we the camera i don't know if you noticed the camera keeps flashing back to sam who just like looks completely awkward like he has no (laughs) idea like he's he's the ricky bobby of the group he's like i don't know what to do with my hands um and i'm just waiting this whole entire time i'm like what is sam gonna do that's going to wreck this whole thing because he's going to do something. And all of a sudden we hear his phone start to vibrate. And I'm like, no. <laughs> he pulled it out. And when he first pulled it out and then you see the name on the screen, I thought it said Sharon, but it said Sarah, which is his sister. And then she, um, Shelby tells him to answer it on um, speaker. Speaker. So he answers it on speaker and he... It, I mean, good on him. He tries to like wing this conversation like to his character, uh, which was like, I don't know, like it was cringy, <laughs> but it, it was, was it, so bad. It, yeah, it was one of those things where it's uh, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be cringy and you're just sitting there and you're just like, oh, oh no, no, uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> and he, he I thought he almost had it. And then his sister said his actual name, Sam, and not his code name. And apparently that was enough to be like, kill him. Um, and then like she order she orders her hitmen or whatever they are to, or, uh, to kill him. And then she gets shot through a window. And that's where I was confused. Like, okay, who killed her? Cause I don't think that, um, it was the person that's about to come in to the story. So I think it was somebody else killed her. I don't know who yet, but I don't think it's it's one of our heroes or their associates. See, I'm the opposite. I think it was her. I think she heard they were in town because who comes in with an armored <laughs> convoy of people and like yeah. you don't hear about it on this tiny little island. So I think she was like, what? So she showed up. She was tailing them. And plan to run into them. I think that overall, in the grand arc of our storyline, this uh, this person has a larger role to play than just this little blip. I think. Yeah, there's um, there's something that happens towards the end of the episode. Little like kind of little. Whoop, most people would probably write it off. That I go. There's more to this. Like. I think there's a lot more to what she's doing in this place and all that jazz. But so they kill or whoever kills this head honcho, which then apparently like when her heart stops, a mass text goes out to every bounty hunter on the island with with a one billion dollar bounty on the person in which has last seen her i guess i don't i don't know how that system works really but it's like the emergency alert system but for <laughs> when an- a mob boss dies okay that, you know everybody's, everybody's phone goes off with an amber alert <laughs> yeah just uh, so uh our 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 heroes and Zemo, uh, exit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to like sum these guys up in a group. The three um, amigos, uh, the, the three, three cavaleros. I'm not go... talking about. I'm not talking about uh, Chevy Chase and all of them. <laughs> and I'm talking about Zemo and and Sam and Bucky. They go to exit out the uh, brass monkey 
Um, and a bounty bounty hunter war ensues on their heads, uh, which Jesus Christ, I would never want to be in that scenario of full a full island full of bounty hunters. Everybody's out to kill you, and you're in there essentially alone. Um, I can say that most of these bounty hunters are like a Kmart version of like Star Wars bounty hunters. Like they're they're in no way a Boba Fett or even a Jango Fett. Boba Fett in a spirit Halloween costume. Yes, yeah, that's that's what they yeah, are. Like, like I, I don't think they have too much to worry about. Like if they had a Mandalorian coming after them, like I'd probably be afraid. But there, there's no no even remotely close Mandalorians on this island. They're all a bunch of like kind of thugs in in a sense. Um, so they're exiting. They're going down. Like I think they're taking a, an escape route through like an alleyway or something, and enter someone we haven't seen in a while. And this is the reason I hate recaps before episodes. Uh, is we see Sharon Carter from Winter Soldier and all the other stuff. She makes her entrance, um, helping out the boys by killing a couple of bounty hunters. And we find out currently we're under the impression because she tells us because I, I mean, she's, she is a secret agent. So I take everything she says with a grain of salt. Um, she tells us that she was not pardoned. Like they pardoned the winter soldier, but they didn't pardon Sharon Carter. Like she was the only one not pardoned. Everybody else got pardoned because I guess they were part of the Avengers. I mean, yeah, I, it's I don't a know. Big double standard on that one. Not a I, fan. Yeah. Not a fan of that. I, I, I just, I, I, it just, te- it seems too weird that out of everybody, she was the only one that didn't get pardoned. Like, that's hard for me to believe in any sense of the matter. Uh, her grandmother or, or grand aunt, I can't remember the relation between was, was like a major lead role in a lot of the government oriented stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. Like, I don't, the, Everything points to you're lying. <laughs> and that sounds yeah, terrible to I say. There's more to the story than I think just what we know from the previous films and everything. I think there was more that went on with her behind the scenes that we don't know about. And that's why I think her arc goes a little wider than just this mm-hmm. situation and her like swooping in to help somebody real quick. There's right. And she's um, up to something. Yeah, she is. I, I 100% agree. I, uh, we learn a little bit more about her. She's she presents herself as somewhat of anti-hero. She's she's not about the hero lifestyle. She thinks it's a big joke and a big scam. Um, she expresses kind of a disdain for Captain America, um, and a disdain towards anybody that's kind of an Avenger. Once again, like in my personal opinion, I feel like it's all an act. I don't think she actually dislikes Captain America or, you know, dislikes the Avengers because, like, uh, I don't know what kind of person could dislike a, a group of individuals that basically stop the apocalypse from happening twice. And I think she's bitter because they were pardoned and she wasn't. So she's was like, listen, I don't <laughs> like you anymore. I mean, to a certain extent, you got to go, come on, Sharon. Like, of course they were pardoned. How, do, how are you going to? Like, take the guys that have been, uh, essentially two of them actually risked, three of them actually risked their life to save the Earth. 
and not pardon the rest of them for having that sacrificial fight or disappearing for five years and you know their life essentially i guess apparently going to shambles uh because you know our system is so broken that like you could disappear for five years and everything about you is erased out of the system because apparently you're dead um which i i can't remember the legality of like how long you have to be missing before being declared dead like i don't I, there's an actual I period no of time That's, i don't we need a I don't text. Do a whole lot in missing persons. If if you know the answer, how long, <laughs> how long you have to be missing <laughs> before before being declared dead? Let us know in the comments below because we need to file our taxes for next year and we need to figure this out. Anyways, yeah, we so gotta we gotta find some loopholes. <laughs> <laughs> so we find out that Sharon apparently is now also a semi pirate takes her takes those three to her new pad which is filled with like actual art pieces and sam is uh kind of educated that most of the uh high-rise tourist traps museums are actually the places that are filled with fakes and sam's like no no that's not true and then apparently he googles it and <laughs> bucky just walks by he's like, so what did google say he goes get the no. <laughs> so, uh, that was also something new. I didn't. I didn't know that. I don't know if that's actually true or not. That most of the museums are uh, have actual fakes or, um, I guess, replicas would be a more a more pinpoint I would, name. I would believe it. How much money? Yeah, it's that or there the art print the art pieces in museums are on loan from private holders. Yeah. But yeah, if I was a private holder, I wouldn't be freely sending my stuff to a public space. That's right, you know, putting that's everything. It, yeah, out there. that's exactly it. Um, so Sam, Sam kind of steps into the role, and when he's talking to Sharon, he he steps into the role. He, it really feels like he's he's been possessed by the the spirit of Captain America when he's talking to Sharon and trying to you know cross. Across this deal, if you will, of Sharon helping them out, even though she, she's like anti-hero, she seems to be against their plan and what they're doing there, um, and makes a deal with her to basically go back to the states and get her pardoned. And um, I was sitting there the whole time, going, "Okay, I know they can't really pin it on you, but you guys just broke out Zemo." And your plan is to go back and get pardoned after you broke out the guy that blew up the a building full of important people? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like you're asking for a lot of favors for somebody who just broke a lot of laws. Yes. All right, calm down yeah. with this whole promising pardons thing. You, you now have a history in this. <laughs> this is your yeah, second like time going against government officials. <laughs> so making he, a lot of assumptions here, Sam. <laughs> So he's trying to, obviously, he's trying to do the stand-up thing. He feels guilty. I don't blame him. Uh, I would probably try to do the same thing, but be a little bit more realistic with it. Uh, meanwhile, Bucky's demeanor is still that of a spy. He's in complete spy mode during all of this. Um, it's not the quirky, joking around uh, Bucky that we've seen in the first two episodes. He's 
he's on a mission. Like he's, he's zoned into the mission, which is cool. Like you can see the split persona of the character. Um, so they're hanging out at Sharon's. Apparently Sharon has a party. Everybody listens to techno on this Island, by the way. Um, yeah. And Sharon, a lot of European electronic music. Yes. And Sharon comes up to them. I, I think mid party. And apparently she hasn't been enjoying herself because all of a sudden she got a lead on the guy that has created the super soldier serum. So they go into this uh, shipyard um, where there's obviously just a bunch of shipping containers stacked one on top of another. And we hit our number three moment our number four moment. Sorry. Uh, of the episode, which we are calling enter Dr. Frankenstein, where we find our scientist who was able to recreate the super soldier serum from the blood of Isaiah. Did I say it right? Isaiah. I Isaiah. Called it, I called it. Isaiah's blood you did. was used to extract the super soldier serum to recreate the formula. Nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. Yep. And you called after it. last week, I went into the Marvel history and in the comic book series... That's exactly what happens. So, mm-hmm. didn't even read the comics. See, you don't have to read <laughs> comics to guess stuff, people. All right? Get off your high horse. You don't have to do it. You guess it. It's fine. <laughs> so, okay. So, this this scientist, what, what was his name? You said you had his name. He was not even noteworthy uh, to me. very stupid. Dr. Nagel. Dr. Nagel. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> this guy. I like it. It's goofy. This guy, in, in my opinion... <laughs> He is the embodiment of every comic book fan out there. Like he, you know, who he reminds he, me of from Ghostbusters Two, Igor's uh, little dude that he like hypnotizes. That's who he reminds me of. You talk about, I can't remember you talk his about, name, uh, but that's who he um, is. Janos. Yes, the museum guy. Yeah, him. <laughs> that's who he reminds me of. He's very, very Janos, um, but he. Like, I'm watching this guy, and I go, this is literally every comic book fan that has ever said, if I was a hero, I'd be like Captain America. No, like, this is what you would be. You would be this dude that says, hey, I've improved on the super soldier serum. You get none of the really good physical features, but all of, like, the super strength. You still look like an average human being, though. Like, you don't get the big burly muscles or anything of that nature. You just look completely normal, and that's why my serum is better. I'm sorry. Like you can, you can Am lay I, low. I would, I would much rather the Steve Rogers makeover. Okay, give yeah, me that yeah, all day long. I, okay, see, like I was like, if I got a super soldier serum, I would want that muscly toned body with the huge biceps pulling down helicopters. Like, come on, like who would it? Like, what? what? Wait, you just want super strength and you still look like a slub? Like, why? What's the point of that? At least it, you get these muscles and, you know, people, it's like a, it's it, it's like a warning device, right? Like, people aren't going to mess with yeah. a super muscular guy. But that's the beauty of it, because you can be, like, super stealthy and do whatever you want. And the only people who are going to catch on are people who fight you, and chances are you're probably going to kill them, so... Yeah, so you you would make a name for yourself quicker almost. I don't know. Maybe I'm vain. Maybe I just want the muscles. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I just want to be buff. I just want to look good (laughs) in a bathing suit. Is that too much to ask? (laughs) 
Um, oh my goodness. So yeah, so this this dude in classic bad guy fashion spills his whole backstory, spills his whole plan, and Zemo's like, peekaboo, bam, and just kills him point blank. Just takes him right out. <laughs> like he, he said, listen, I have a mission to finish. I said, no more super soldiers, all right? I said that, and you didn't listen to me, so you're dead. I don't know what's so hard to get. At least, you know, he's got one mission, and he holds to it. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say, is that he he never loses track of the mission. Like, he's just like, listen, this is a bad thing. We can't have this, so we're going to put it into it now. And shoots this dude. Uh, and, of course, not even skipping a beat, Zemo kills the guy, and then the bounty hunters show up and blow it all to hell. Like, they literally take a bazooka, a rocket launcher or something, and just blow up the shipping container hideaway, which, by the way, why do bad guys always have to have the coolest hideaways? Um, and blows it all to hell, which then ensues, like, this bounty hunter battle, which we see Sharon kind of almost taking up and filling up for the role of, like, Black Widow and taking on like eight or nine bounty hunters by herself. Um, little less, I guess, elegantly than Black Widow. Like she's like a Black Widow in training in my book. Yeah. Like she very clearly has a background in this sort of thing. And I mean, she's been hiding out, living her life on this pirate island for a while. So I have a feeling this is not something she's new to. I have a feeling yeah. that. Probably she's been in some situations before where she's had to fight some people. So she's had a lot of practice, I think. Mm-hmm. She does a pretty mm-hmm. dang good job. Mm-hmm. I applaud her. We kind of lose track of Zemo here. He shoots the dude. This lab blows up. And then uh, we see more of the piss poor uh, teamwork between Bucky and uh, Sam, uh, which ensues in a little bit of the back and forth, which was very much lethal weapon. Like, I think they even, he, Sam even says something about, it happens in every action movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> you were supposed to go left. What happened yeah. to going left? <laughs> I almost want to say that, that that same dialogue was in a Lethal Weapon movie. Um, but I so, hope so. They're all worried about where Zemo is and, like, getting out of there and we see a like almost a montage slow walk on top of these um, shipping containers and Zemo shows back up, which blew my mind. I thought he was off on the run. I thought he was gone. I was like, listen, you guys, I got my job done. I got the <laughs> I, info I need. You guys, peace out. I don't yep. care anymore. I'm out of prison. Don't care about you. But yeah, I, to- no, I totally, I, I thought, I thought for sure he peaced out hundred percent. Uh, but he he ends up showing up and saving the freaking day, like he shoots some sort of uh, gas line, and then takes out like four or five of the bounty hunters that were surrounding him, and then they book it. And th- there's this this is the next part. I watched this episode three times, and this transition was super weird. So Bucky, Sam, and Sharon go into one of the uh, shipping containers, and then we see Zemo run by the camera. And he stop, stops at a shipping container. And like Zemo's part, that makes sense. But then we transition back to Bucky, Sam, and Sharon. And we see them kick open a door of a shipping container. Now, did they go 
in one side of the shipping container and out the other side, or did they just go I in think that's hide what for a little bit? Okay. Oh, so out the and other they side. They went through. Yeah. Okay. Because if you like, I don't know if you're familiar with the setup of shipping yards. But it's basically uh, no. just rows and rows and rows of shipping containers. Right. This is where my background in the automotive industry comes in. <laughs> uh, dealing with parts and shipping parts all the time. Uh, yeah. The logistics. So just rows and rows of shipping containers. And yeah, they're like set up so that you can access the inventory if you need to and access the shipping containers individually. Okay. So yeah, I'm sure they just went through, kicked open the other door, and they're like, we're going to get out of here. Okay. And then Zemo so. rolls up and is driving an Audi again, probably. And he's a, it's supercharged. No, I thought it was a classic so, yeah. Mustang. Is it? I, I don't know. I would have to. I would have an Audi. I assumed they sponsored the vehicles for the episode. <laughs> it's possible, but I, I, for some reason, I thought it was a classic Mustang. I'd have to go back and look again. Um, but yeah, he's got some taste. It's it's always it, if between his library of cars and then the one he pulls up in on this scene, he likes those old school big block engines like the really nice cars that will cost you an arm and a leg and i can't say i blame them too much about it because like those are beautiful cars and we don't get nearly you know that kind of car on an everyday market now um so they load up into this hot rod supercharged zemo mobile and uh sharon decides no i'm not coming with you like just get back to the States and get me pardoned. And we segue, oh, um, we segue with Sharon where she meets up with somebody, I don't know who, uh, at a car and says, you know, some things happened. I'll inform you in the car. It's a big deal. And it looks like she gets in, obviously they're across the pond. So to me, it looked like she got in the back of the car. She did. So in the credits, this person is listed as being Sharon's bodyguard. So I'm assuming bodyguard slash chauffeur. Because I was confused. I was like, why is she getting in the back of this car? What is going on? But I think that's the situation. So that makes sense. I kind of think she's working with. The power broker. No, I think she's working with either sword or shield or, you know, whatever they're, they are, I guess technically sword is the new shield sword. So I think she's working for sword. She's just undercover as what she is in order to get some leads on something else. Uh, that's my own personal opinion. I think that she, there's no way that she hasn't been pardoned in my, that it just, it doesn't make any sense. We do not go Walker free, John Walker, Captain America. We don't go Walker free in this episode. Uh, we check in with him a little bit at the beginning of the episode, which kind of just really we find out he is still a turd. Yeah, still don't <laughs> like him. Not side good. note, side note, real quick. Apparently, poor Wyatt Russell, dude's I guess been getting death threats from fans yeah he's he had to delete his twitter because people were being jerks and i was just like poor man it's not it's fictional character it's a fictional character people get it together (laughs) no this is like this is disgusting like this makes me so angry as like i this is why i hate calling myself a comic book fan because there's people out there that can't separate reality from fiction and 
they ruin things like this. Like this dude is doing a fantastic job playing this character, literally letting the world hate him for the growth of another character. He's getting nothing out of this other than he's helping Sam and Bucky get to point A from point A to point B. And everybody is just up in arms because he's not Steve Rogers. That's the point. He's not supposed to be speed speed this Steve Rogers. He is he he is he's the imitation Steve that we're supposed to hate. But you're not you don't go as far as threatening the actor that's playing the role. There's too much of this going on. It's just it's so disgusting. In a fan aspect, it makes me just crawl calling myself a fan of this stuff when there's people out there that's like they go to this extreme there's no there's no reason i'm sorry to go off on this tangent but when i heard about this i actually got angry like i know in the last episode i really kind of stressed how much i hated him but i hated the character i didn't hate the actor the actor's doing fantastic and i i can't help but like i don't give him enough credit because if you can make me hate you as a character, you've done your job over and over again. It's it's few and far in between that I actually hate any actual character. So the, the factor that you're playing this role good enough to get, I guess you'd say, an emotional reaction out of me, bravo, you, you're doing a fantastic job. You're doing a better job than half of the people that win Oscars every year. So... To all you fans out there, if you're watching this and you're one of the people that have sent a death threat, all I got to say is we don't support you and you should probably just go cry in a corner and let mama tell you how much of a good boy you are because you're pathetic. Circling back on the whole theme of this series, maybe get yourself into therapy And uh, go after that route because it's not a normal response to send death threats to somebody who's an actor playing you, a character. You're you're 100 right. Just they should probably saying. you probably should seek, seek therapy. Some therapy. <laughs> It'll help you. I promise. It's a tough uh, road, but you'll get there. All right. It's not worth it. But yeah, so so we get a little tidbit in the beginning there with uh with uh John Walker, and we see kind of he's still struggling with. Uh, people not respecting him as as the new cap. You, you see a little bit of a flare out with uh, the shop owner that they, uh, I guess, went to and exercised their no knock warrant from uh, Papa Biden, and got in there. And he is met with, I would say, reluctant help from the shop owner trying to find the flag smashers. I think he he gets spit in spit on too, doesn't he? He spits in his face uh, at the beginning. Yeah, he yeah. gets spit in, and he's like, "Do you know who I am?" And the right. guy, my hero, says, uh, "Yeah, I know. I just don't care." Which is yeah, same yeah. guy, same. <laughs> yep, and it really kind of cements in there that like no one respects you just because you got that costume and you're wearing it because you aren't Captain America. And that's like, that's the whole basis of the U.S. agent character is that he is the new Captain America in his head, but nobody sees it as that uh, in in everybody else's eyes. Everybody else's eyes, he's imitation. He's, you know, he doesn't deserve that 
uh, that role, he'll never be Steve Rogers kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I'm glad we, we didn't get it overboard, but we got enough to kind of see a little bit more growth of the character of us agent. Um, we then after, uh, we see Sharon and all that check in and we find out that Walker is hot on Sam and Bucky's tail. Um, when he goes and checks in at Zemo's prison, which I'm, I'm assuming that like they thought they should go see Zemo too, to get like some sort of information from him. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's in classic, uh, you know, off-brand cap style, they are late to the game uh, by a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> thinking of where they can go to get additional information, so they show up and they're like, "Oh, it's got to be them because you know." They had the same idea as we did, but a lot earlier than we did. It's got to be their fault. <laughs> so he's just bitter that he's not smart enough to get there and, first. Yep. And it seems that uh, they don't have evidence that Sam and Bucky are behind this, but he's about to go and work that bad boy angle to get some evidence to basically bust them and take them in, uh, which was enough for me a rogue agent so (laughs) yeah which was enough for me to walk up to my tv screen and spit on his face um (laughs) and and then so that that's pretty much all we get of u.s agent john walker this episode which okay cool because like he really got me flared last one so i i think i need at least an episode break from him um and we check back in with uh, Sam and Bucky who are on the international Zemo flights again, and they're going to some other destination, possibly tropical. We don't know. And uh, Sam kind of hammer home, ha- hammers home the point that he almost was like reluctant to take the shield because of what it stood for and how it almost sounded like he agreed with Zemo. I mean, I don't know if I was just kind of reading into it or I was under Zemo's control, but when when he says maybe he did mess up by giving the shield away and he should have burnt it or buried it, um, it felt more like he was kind of almost on Zemo's side. He sees it. He sees it more as like a a bad thing. That's yeah. So I think that. You're right on there that he thinks that it's it's not the best thing. Right. And he's he's pretty hung up about uh what's his face? Can't remember his name now. <laughs> El- Elias. <laughs> oh, Isaiah. Isaiah. You really Isaiah. You can't you really can't get that guy. There's the poor two guy's things name. I'm terrible at. There's two things I'm terrible at: names and dates. I can't remember either of those. They're, I'm terrible at them. But he's, Sam's pretty hung up about that, uh, and he's 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 hung up. It, I don't know. It almost seems like Zemo's gotten to him, like that. You know, hey, yeah, we did hold him up on a pedestal, and then Bucky's saying, "Listen, if you don't want that shield, the world needs a Captain America, and I'll take the shield." And I'm like, oh, so we could possibly see. Uh, uh, Bucky, um, Captain America run like we don't we it 
the path can go both ways at this moment in time with this show. So I was waiting almost like a whole the whole episode. Uh, we we check in with our flag smashers, which apparently they're still stealing supplies and uh, for their I don't know. I guess veteran camp. I don't, I don't. I don't even know exactly what what was happening there with the the camp it's, and all that. So stuff. they're getting supplies to the repatriation camps. So basically, how we've got like children in the border facilities right now. Uh-huh. That's what's happening with the repatriation. All these people came back and they didn't know where to put them. So there's like overcrowding, and we hear this little note about um, what's her face's mom, Carly Morgenthal. Whatever yeah. her name is, the short, angry girl, as you call her, uh, <laughs> yeah. we get word that her mom was diagnosed with tuberculosis. And there's a little quip of like, yeah, there's too many people in these repatriation facilities. Mm-hmm. And so this overcrowding causes disease like crazy. So she has tuberculosis. And so, yeah, so they're, you know, sending supplies and additional things to these repatriation facilities to make people more comfortable. And that's their whole thing of like making people better that have come back from the blip and those people that are still there okay um, so these are people they're also treated well these are people that came back from the blip because i was under the impression it was people that uh were around during the blip and because the government that's what i'm not sure of because in this last episode that's the conversation of like these repatriation camps yeah but then Previously, they were said to want to fight for the people who have been around. Right. So I am not totally sure what it is. It seems like there's unless people have been packed into camps because they were misplaced because those resources were given to the people who came back from the blip. Yeah. Which could be a thing. Yeah. That was kind of the impression I got was that everybody that was coming back from the blip was being prioritized and everybody that was alive during the blip has now taken a back burner. Uh, because yeah, so I wasn't aware it was so extreme that they were being pushed into camps. No kidding, and, like, right? Pushed out of their homes and stuff. So that I mean, I retract my statement from last week, stating that it was maybe an extreme reaction. But if that's the case, then yeah, girl, be mad, be <laughs> yeah. mad about it. That's not cool. I mean, so like I was thinking back to um, Spider-Man: Far From Home where Aunt May says that she came back from the blip to her apartment and the people that were living there then now were like completely just like scared shitless. They thought they were a ghost and stuff like that. And like that, that angle was the comedic angle, but like really, if you think about it, like this person that lived here shows back up and now there's like a breach of contract because she signed a contract. She's actually back. So technically it's her apartment still. And it's like, what do you do? Who leaves? See, that's a good point. I've completely forgot about that. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's why we have the camps then. Uh-huh. It's a so, whole mess, man. It's a whole so, mess. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it feels like there's so much more to that whole situation that needs to be explored. Um, but I don't think most people would want to, like, actually give a crap. Uh, I would. It, yeah. It's. A one shot would do me well. Like, give me a one shot as to the whole yeah, situation. Yeah, just a real quick catch up. Yep. Give me a Marvel Legends update on yeah. the politics behind the repatriation process. Or, or just process. like a, a, like a half. They should, they should do that, honestly. They should do, like, Disney should do a show, uh, Marvel One Shot. I can't remember if they are or not. I know they got the what if, 
but the Marvel one shot where they just touch on characters and other things that like other words would not get enough. We would just kind of get brazed over like the, like this, you know, the blip ordeal and everything and how, you know, human interaction and all that other stuff, how that's all being uh, played out behind the scenes that we're not getting to see in these, in these main lines. Um, but yeah, so they're stealing supplies. They hit up what is like a location and, I'm, I can't remember what the location was, but they, we see Carly do the turn that I was talking about. They take the stuff. They have the guards beaten and tied up in this building and they're leaving. And the one guy she's with says, you know, aren't you going to take your car? And she says, no. And they get into his and all of a sudden the car along with the building blows up. And the guy turns to her and says, there was people in that building. And she goes, this is the only, you know, this is the only, um. Language they understand. Yeah. The only language it's they the understand. It's the only language they understand. Yeah. And I go, oh. Which. Here's our turn. Marvel. Here's the turn. And, and Marvel bringing in all the real things that keep this discussion about um, race and, and all this going, which I am super excited for. Like, we need to bring that to the forefront and, like, tie mm-hmm. it in because, it, you know, it's a thing. But also, I mean, rioting and destroying property is the only thing that gets people to pay attention. We learned that over the last year and a half. So, yep. Yeah. She's and right. Then, yeah. No, I, I 120% agree that, like, sometimes that's the only thing people listen to. And um, there's a lot of people that I, I shouldn't say a lot of people. I would say an outspoken few people uh, that are upset that Marvel has chosen to go this route to highlight um, the racial profiling and and uh, all that stuff. The, there's a loud selective group that says, I don't want reality in my comics and the thing that I I say to these people when when they're talking to me about it, like, oh, I'm done with Marvel. I'm, you know, they're trying to be all uh, PC and you know cramming this stuff down my throat. I go, Marvel's been doing this since the 1940s. Like the big boys went to Jack Kirby and said, hey, put more white people in Black Panther. And Jack Kirby said, yeah, okay, sure, I will. The next issue, the Black Panther beat up the clue the KKK. That was his, that was his thing. He said, he said, you want more white people? All right, here's your white people. And then you have things like the X-Men who that's a whole comic of diversity and, uh, profiling and discrimination in itself. Like this is nothing new and for commentary Marvel. on disability. Yeah. Yeah. This is nothing at all new. Like, this is Marvel's thing. This is what they have always done, is they take... And, ah, uh, God, jeez. And it's 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 also life imitates art, or art imitates life, you know, whatever, whatever the saying is, is that's how you make things relatable. And if you're going to get mad because you can't escape what's actually happening in the world for 50 minutes, then... You're part of the problem. If you want to ignore it, you're part of the problem. Whether you like it or not, you need to face that. I'm sorry. 
it's just the that's my personal opinion if you disagree with me you disagree with me I, I could care less because I I personally think if you're willing to ignore the factor that this stuff happens then you are part of the problem and you need to reassess yourself so after after we see our uh, newfound angry above uh, below average uh, terrorist make her big bada boom um, she, we, we then go back to Bucky and Sam and Zemo who have now landed at a, at a different location, which I don't think they ever said what location this was, but the, the intro commentary to the scene makes me feel like they're in newfound Sokovia, but I, I, I don't know something. Yeah. I think they're still outside of the U S but I'm not Definitely totally a- sure where they never set that up for us. Yeah, they're definitely outside of the U.S. for sure. I, 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 yeah, there was no title as to where they were at, but they get to this location that Zemo's taking them. They're about to walk in, and out of nowhere, Bucky's like, hey, I'm going to take a walk. And I'm like, oh, he's going to go reflect about, you know, how he snapped and and turned into the Winter Soldier and how it was so easy for him. Uh, Yeah, no, I was wrong, which enters us our into our number five moment of the episode and the ending of the episode is Wakanda forever. And we see Bucky walk just a little bit behind where they, he leaves his comrades and pick up this little bit of technology that looks very, very familiar. The material of it looks very familiar. And when he picks up that first one, I'm like, is that vibranium? I'm pretty sure this is vibranium. And then he picks up the second one. I go, that's definitely vibranium. And I go, and that tech is pretty high tech. I go, this is either sword or this is Wakanda. And then he's walking down the alleyway. He's talking to, I like to call them ghosts when you can't see who they're actually talking to. Um, So he's talking to this ghost in the alleyway and he says, you dropped something. And he's like holding this this tech in his hand, and he's they're doing that circle pan, which I love so much that they do in these in these Marvel stuff. And they're following Bucky in the way he's turning, and it comes around for that last pan, and he he senses who it is, and he turns around. And he's like, "I was wondering when I was gonna see you." And this lady in a very sleek black attire says I'm here for Zemo in Wakandan and I go oh man Wakanda is here to get Zemo to take him out for killing Panther's daddy and I was like things are getting super crazy because we'll have pirates after them we're gonna have Wakandans after them and like not to mention that's gonna screw up relations between White Wolf and the Wakandans, like, hey, why are you helping this dude that killed our king and we helped you? Is this how you repay people here in America? <laughs> like, you ungrateful piece of crap? Give me back that arm. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this pans out. But I'm also excited because we have a Wakanda series coming to Disney Plus at some point. Yeah, we and do. So I'm wondering, totally is this going to feed in deeper to that? Are we going to like, are we going to get more info on what that series is going to look like? I How really is this going to pan out? I'm very excited. I, I love hope it. that I uh, love it. I hope that that Wakanda series deals 
strictly on <laughs> strictly on um uh the security force of Wakanda uh just because a uh they're mostly women and b I think it'd be really cool to see like how that army like handles all the other stuff because obviously it's high tech but primal in fighting techniques so to see that kind of like work its way out in a in a story fashion I would be really interested to see that yeah I don't know what we'll see out of it maybe maybe the transfer of power um because we've lost Chadwick Boseman and they've already RIP and we have already um heard that they're not replacing him which I'm thankful for because who can replace Chadwick Boseman? I, um, nobody. So maybe that we'll guy. see that series will be, yeah, exactly. So maybe <laughs> our transition to power will be that series and that'll set us up for going, jumping back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, once we get new movies. But I'm very excited for it. Hopefully we'll see a little bit more of Wakanda because they're badass as hell and I want to see more of Wakanda. I love um, I love what they did but yeah. uh visually with Wakanda. I think it looks amazing. It's so cool. I love I love it so much. Okay, so that will do it for our weekly recap of um The Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Sam and Bucky BFS Forever as I I codename call it. As always, you should be following us on social media by now if you are not. So head over to Facebook and Instagram. Twitter, follow us. Um, if you want to pick up your Team Sam and Team Bucky t-shirts, they are still live over on the Teespring. Links in the description below. And consider becoming a Patreon of ours, helping us pay the bills. Uh, we did not disappear during the blip, so we are still back paying on yearly bills. So head over to patreon.com slash Kapowcast and consider becoming a Patreon. And until next week, Christy, thank you again. I will see you next week where we talk about episode four of this amazing show. All right. See you next week. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.